0: Yes. We ready?
1: Yeah. All right, let's have some fun. All right, moderator.
0: Okay, question number one. This is pretty serious, so hope you guys are ready. Um, who would win in a fight, Pastor Jeremy or a fifth grader? <laughs>
1: <laughs> is food involved?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> if food is involved, I'm going with Pastor Jeremy all day long. Food- he.
3: I've seen some big fifth graders. I've
4: seen some big fifth graders too. I've I'm, seen some big four year olds.
3: I'm not a betting man, but I'd probably put my. We'll you'll just skip this question.
4: Well, no, I know. It's fair. Um, I'm 36, so I mean, things are breaking. <laughs> just breaking down rapidly. Hannah's in
2: fifth grade. I think she could take you. I think Hannah <laughs> could
4: take me, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: If I was a fifth grader trying to fight you or fight me, my strategy would be just to run around and get us winded, <laughs> yes. and then when we, we're about to pass out, then I'd jump on us and take all our money. Do
4: something that involves having to pop something before we can run, and I think we'll be, we'll be good. If it involves food, though, I'll
1: fight dirty. Dude, I'll go with Pastor Jeremy. He will push down a fifth grader in a heartbeat over food, we'll especially if it's barbecue, <laughs> so that's what I'd say.
0: All right. Question number two. The Bible describes the earth as being flat. Is the earth flat?
1: Oh, I love whoever asked this question. Hey, has anybody ever been into outer space and turned around and looked back on the earth personally? So could anyone ever like, in here say for a fact that you have personally seen that the earth is either flat or round? Nope. Um, I would think there's a lot of evidence out there that would show that the earth isn't. Um, the Bible says a lot of stuff, but the Bible doesn't just say that the earth is flat. Um, I think if you look at all the other planets in our immediate solar system uh they seem to be round so i don't know it might be odd for god to make all of them round and then make the earth flat just for kicks and giggles not saying that he couldn't but saying it's highly unlikely but um i don't know you guys got anything you want to add to that
4: we may have uh just misdefined flat and round so maybe the earth is flat
3: you know what I mean. yeah. I'm not real familiar where the the Bible says that, that or teaches the earth is flat um, and and uh, just doing a quick research on it um, and verses such as uh, job chapter 3718 uh, 3813 and Psalm 96 1 Corinthians 16 and 30 uh they actually refer to the the stars and uh, residing in the dome um so you know and you gotta when you read the bible also you have to understand that these people are are they don't have space shuttles yet you know or, or anything like that so mm. they're literally taking uh what they see and and relaying that and what god is speaking to them so uh, everything the principles of the bible are true uh, but as far as the earth is flat me personally i would lean on the side as a science teacher that the earth is uh is round but there are mentions in the in the bible where the earth is dome-shaped also
1: that's there so unless you get out and personally see it, i don't know it this is a real popular question and a lot of conspiracy theories Surrounding the flat earth right now when they, they quickly took this down But the flat earth society actually said At one time there are flat earth Society members all around the globe They had to take that I'll let you, I'll let you take a minute and, and think About that they had to fix that Real fast um, I would say rather than Dive into a, a conspiracy Theory about that that you may or may not Ever because I could show you all kind of proof to say The earth is, is round and you could say Yeah but that's a cover up Just like the moon landing, and then we could just, I don't know if the moon landing was a cover-up or not, probably not, but a lot of people think that it was, so it's one of those conspiracy theory things that I think you can just get so involved in that you forget that the mission of the church isn't to prove whether or not the earth is flat. The mission of the church is to reach people for Jesus, so I think if you can, with a curious eye, do some research on, on your own and try to find an answer for that, that's great, but that's not the big mission of the church. You know, and uh, so yeah.
4: Can I can I add something? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, um, Mr. Dave Varney just sent this to me. So um, a lot of a lot of the whole flatter thing and the where it talks about in the Bible is it talks about four corners and it talks about the edge of the earth and um, stuff like that. That <sighs> anyway, I don't want to get. Super deep, but it does say in isaiah forty twenty two that God sits above the circle of the earth boom um some translations say sphere just just putting that out there um yeah. I would even ask what's the point of caring that the earth is flat? Does that make sense like, No, I like to me,
1: it would be an interesting thing. This is one of those things I like to I study all kinds of random stuff, so I get where the questions coming from. Me, so, me
4: too. So. I, I, b- I believe that there's a Bigfoot, but I'd, I could care less if you don't.
1: Dude, there may or may not be Bigfoot among us this morning. Yeah. We're losing focus. Just, I'm just saying. Perhaps we should right. move on yeah. to the next What's question. What's the next question? Let's move next on. Next question. Welcome to our staff meetings, though. It goes a lot <laughs> like this.
3: 15-hour
2: staff meetings. All by myself
0: <laughs> in practical terms how can the church start to change the perception of the world that we are judgmental bigoted non-inclusive etc
1: I heard all but the first part of that as a, the church, as a church. Could you ask in that practical
0: terms how can the church start to change the perception of the world that we are judgmental bigoted non-inclusive etc
1: i love questions like this i think we could
2: just start by just the one-on-one everywhere you go and how you do and for me honestly facebook and social media is a huge platform out there where we can say stuff and send a completely wrong hateful message in trying to prove our point as being right or wrong on different beliefs and if we just go out there and we love everybody we come in contact with no matter what their beliefs are, what their stance is on anything, if we just go out there and we show them the love of Jesus, if we care for them and we show them kindness. You know, I've been teaching the kids in Children's Church on the fruit of the Spirit and kindness, gentleness, all these, you know, like just be kind to people. Don't be ugly and don't be mean. You hear the stories from the kids of these kids who are so mean. And even even my fifth grader in the arguing of politics in her class, which I know my kid, and she doesn't really know a whole lot about politics, so it's coming down from the parents, but it's just like, just be kind. Stop arguing about all this stuff and different beliefs. Let's show kindness to the people around us, just one-on-one. Every every contact you have, and and social media is a huge platform for that.
3: As for me, like, I didn't grow up in the church at all, and so uh, the perception I had of the church was uh, very, like, judgmental and – uh, the times I, I did come to church uh, with uh, like my grandmom and stuff like that, uh, which was an older congregation, very traditional. I was not very traditional <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and so I did not feel accepted and uh, I felt judged and, uh, or I felt like people wanted me to fit in a mold or a box that they wanted me to fit in. Um, and so when someone invited me to church, when uh, actually Mike Hoff uh, invited me to church, and he looked like me, and, uh, but he, he had the love of Christ in him. And I actually uh, told him no a couple times, and then he built that relationship <laughs> with me and, uh, and invited me. And then when I came to a youth service, uh, I felt accepted and loved for who I was. Um, and so that, that, that changed my perception. How can we do that at a lot at large or you know uh, I don't think that's something we can do as far as you know a perception at large um, you know it, but it takes one by one it's like the story of the kid of the starfish you know uh, I, I don't know if you've he- heard it but he, you know he looks along the beach and it's just littered with starfish and Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them are on on the beach, and he begins to pick one up and throw it back in the water. And somebody comes by and says, "What are you doing? You know, you're not going to be able to get all these and in, 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 back in the water." He said, "But I can change this one," and, and throws it back. And so we can we can, you know, we don't have a platform. Well, you may have a platform, I don't know, but a lot of us don't have a platform or a presence to change everyone's perception of the church. But we can at least change the people that are in our world, yeah, the people insane. that we come to con, uh, in contact with, and, and the people that at our jobs, at you know, at our schools, at uh, you know, our f- our family, you know, and, and begin to change their perception of the church. And, and uh, as as Eastgate, you know, collectively we can uh, understand that we're a body and um, our church. Is gonna have a presence uh, of what we what we do. It's not about Pastor Josh. It's about collectively all of us together. And so, if we collectively accept and love people, uh, we can change at least the perception of the community, you know, to the church. Yeah. Is, is my.
1: You got anything, PJ?
4: Yeah. Um. Here's here's my big thing about it. Just to be honest with you, is. A lot of people that feel like this towards the church they're used to feeling like this in life too Um, the church is one of the the best things that we could do is to be different um, from the rest of the world you know what I mean we don't have to we don't have to just constantly fight about the necessity to be right all the time especially as Christians um, we we can give up that right and uh, a lot of the times by trying to prove a point or prove the existence of god or just using some examples a lot of the times we we tend to get our emotions involved in it and and the biggest thing is is we're supposed to be telling the world about jesus that he died for them that he loves them and i feel like anything that hinders that or Or changes that uh, is what we've got to change and it's gonna change with with how you operate like like Pastor Brad said I don't know that even even our church with with people I don't know that it changes the broad scope but it can change our community's view on
1: church yeah you work on the people that you can work on I think practically there's a lot we could do spiritually first praying for God to give us his heart for people and to see people through his eyes, you know, and then to own the process. I think is, this, is, this might be where church misses it sometimes. This is where I used to miss it in my walk with God is that I would just think that that stuff was awesome and that everyone else was going to do it, and I could just kind of glide by and just hit cruise control. And I didn't have to worry about loving people. I didn't have to worry about it personally. I didn't have to worry about trying to reach people for Jesus. I didn't have to worry about serving people because the rest of the church was going to do it. And I think that messes us up a lot as a church. We've got to own the process personally to make sure we're doing our part and uh, loving and serving. There's a lot of practical stuff we could do. And like these guys are saying, at least in our world, we make sure that we're making Jesus look good. And we are accurately portraying what the Bible says. Not our opinion, not our preference, but what the Bible says about loving people and giving them Jesus. And I think that goes a long way. What else you got over there, Ms. Moderator? What is a
0: practical way for people to walk in joy even when things seem to be falling apart?
1: I got one, but I'll wait if you guys got something.
2: For me, I don't know, this may be silly to some people, but for me, when I'm sitting there and I know that I don't want to feel joy, and something's falling apart on me, and I, you know, and I'm just feeling all the emotion and frustration or whatever, I, I actually verbally walk myself through it, and I say, God, you are not capable of doing this, and so I speak out the situations though it's not, and it's like, well, that's dumb, because God is capable of everything. He's given me this, and I just walk myself through the process. It's just kind of a real practical, silly thing, but I just tell myself, God is able. He created me he knows every part about me he knows every emotion that i have he knows what i'm walking through there's a whole line of people before me that have walked through way worse and i'm blessed and then i start looking at the the good the positive things in my life the things that i do have that other people may not have and it just helps me to get my mind back in the in the right place and and going to scriptures and what does the scripture say you know keeping that constantly before you and having that inside of you
3: i would uh say james one two says consider it pure joy My brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must uh, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Um, So when James is here, he's saying, consider it pure joy. Um, Not that when we go through hard times, we're like, yay, this is so much fun. I love that I just lost my dog. Or uh, my job, and my dog's dead, and my parents' head's falling off. You know, like, you know, that's a Dumb and Dumber reference, uh, by, the, by the way. Um, but, uh, so, we, you know, we don't, like, necessarily want to jump up and down and say, yay, you know, we're going through a hard time. But, um we consider it joy and Mm -hmm. i think about paul and silas too uh they when uh in acts they're doing things for god they're living right you know uh, they're doing everything that god's called them to do and yet they find themselves in the middle of the prison in the middle of the night and the bible accounts that they're they're singing psalms and uh are singing praises and giving god thanks uh at that time i think when we when things are going bad and uh, when things are going, um, I'm having a rough stretch, or uh, you know, things are, are happening that, that are, are tough, uh, and we're facing the valley you know, in life, uh, you know, we might not feel like singing those songs of praise and giving God that, that joy. But I, I also believe that uh, feelings follow actions sometimes, and that if we begin to sing that praise, before we feel that joy it will help us you know what i'm saying if we yeah. begin to thank god for the good things it's and for me personally i i'm just naturally drawn to the negative and <laughs> so i i try very strongly to to uh divert my mind back to the positive positive. and like i'll see a situation and, and naturally I, i'm like well this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong but I have to be cognitive of that and aware of that and then begin to yeah. say, well, what is right in this situation? And, um, and if we put most things that we go through, if we put it in perspective, there's something that we can praise God about. You know what I'm saying? And finding that, that thing that we can praise God for and then begin to praise him through the hard times. And
1: Perspective's huge, especially when you're going through. How many of y'all have ever gone through a season that just stunk in life? It just was not fun at all. I mean, there's a few of us not raising your hands, probably because either one, you're either fibbing in church or you just haven't lived enough life yet. Uh, you go through seasons where things just stink. So, this is incredibly uh, real life, this question. Um, here's something that helps me personally when I go through. Uh, Rough, rough times, and actually, I'm, I'm just coming out of a, an incredibly difficult few weeks. Um, so this is real fresh with me. It helps me to to remember that um, that biblical truth always applies, regardless of what's happening in my life. And I know that sounds really churchy, but it helps me be. It helps me find true north in a situation and know, okay, a lot of bad stuff is happening right now, and. I'm just feeling incredibly discouraged in this season. What I have to do is stop and say, okay, happiness, excitement, and all of that stuff, those are emotions, okay? Joy is a decision. I want you to hear me again. Joy is a decision. Choosing To put my hope in the Lord or choosing to put my trust in the Lord, regardless of what I see happening around me, is a choice. And when I get to that place in a tough time, that's a huge step because now my perspective has changed. And James uh, can, can jump in and I can say, okay, regardless of what I'm walking through right now, I know this, that God can use this to refine me. He can use this to build me. He can use this to make me a better tool in his hand. And I also know that the Bible says that on the other side of whatever I'm going through, that he's already working right now to work it together for the good of my. because I love him and I trust in him. So I know the Bible's true in that. So regardless of what I'm going through, that helps me process and get perspective. If I were to turn the lights out in here... Okay, it would change the atmosphere of this room because we would not be able to see where the chairs are, right? But would it change where the chairs are? There's no way. That's how it works in life. Environments are going to change. Situations are going to change. Circumstances are going to change. But where the chairs are, where the biblical truth is, where the principles for life are... that's never going to change. Okay, so you got to find true north on that. You might not be happy right now, but joy and happiness are two completely different things. And so I began to focus on what God has done for me in the past. I think someone said that. Focus on what he's done. And I know that if he's faithful and he loved me then, that even though I'm going through a bad situation now, he's still faithful and he loves me now. And he's waiting on the other side of this, and he's faithful and he loves me there too. Make sense? So That's some practical stuff. True north. Find it in Scripture and decide. Regardless. Now, this is this is easy to say, and I know this because I'm just coming out of a season like that. You know, pastors go through rough stretches too. Um, it's easy to say that uh, that that I have the joy of the Lord till I get a phone call and I find out my dad's having a heart attack. It's easy to say I've got the joy of the Lord till. Um, a mentor that's poured into my life for years passes away. Or there's someone that I've been trying so hard to get into church and disciple gets killed in an accident. You know, uh, the real life stuff that happens until we lose those people that we love. Then we find out whether or not we're emotionally based or if we are mature enough to make a decision, that I'm going to live my life based on what the Word of God says, not how I feel in a season of life. Because I know that what I'm feeling right now while it might be bad, it's a temporary thing. But the word of God and the truth is there is eternal. So i got to find true north on that and know that it's going to get me through. So that's practical stuff that helps me when seasons get rough in life.
0: So, Good yeah. stuff. As a Christian, is it wrong to participate in the gay pride movement or attend the pride?
1: Depends on why you're there. Depends on why you're there anybody want to jump on before I answer this one
4: <clears throat> um,
1: yeah I'll jump on it
4: okay. you know what um, here's here's my personal belief and, and opinion on it is again kind of with Pastor Josh like why are you there um, the biggest thing is is as a Christian we don't support the the movement as a whole but as a christian we are called to love those people um and to to minister to them and to to really show them genuine love and again this is a group of people that for however long they me and rachel were actually talking about kind of this this morning um people are you're seeing a push for um equality and stuff because these are people that for whatever reason they feel like wh- even whether or not it's true or whatever they feel like they've been judged and they feel like they're judged all the time and so for, for Christians we can come in and it's a good opportunity to minister to them um, but I, on the flip side of that like I'm not going to go up just because my friend asked me to I'm not going to go to a pride parade. Um, however, if we were there ministering or, or as a church ministering, I think that would be a good thing, but not picketing.
1: Picketing, yeah, I think that's counterproductive. I get I get why people do it. Mm-hmm. It depends on why you're there. If you're supporting that movement, I'd, I'd say, hey, you know, you're probably not at a place in your walk with God yet where you understand exactly what the Bible says about that the Bible is very clear um, about homosexuality homosexual relationships and it's called a sin for a reason um, I don't know that I would show up to support um, you know someone making a porno I don't know that I would show up to support somebody getting plastered at a bar sure. and I don't know that I would show up to support someone and, and you know who was going to sleep with his girlfriend before marriage um, that's all sin. So I don't know that I would show up to support that movement either because it's a sin. You know, Now, if we were there as an outreach to show them the love of Christ and to pray for them and to give them some water, or whatever, I think that's awesome. I think that would be a great way to, uh, to make a good statement to reach that community. But as a Christian, if you're supporting that kind of stuff, I just say you, you probably need to read the Bible a little bit more and get solid on what the Word of God says, not not political movements and not somebody who's going to give you their version of what they think the Bible says, but get in and read the Bible. The Bible itself is incredibly clear on that. And so as a Christian, to support that movement, I think, man, you need to get in and read the Word of God and find out what it really says. But as a Christian, to love a person who's in that right now um, I think that's awesome. Love them, give them Jesus, and hopefully one day he'll impact their lives just like he impacted us And yeah. our jacked up sin. True. So. Yeah. All right.
0: Why does Pastor Brad not have any facial hair? I have a hard time taking a man that can't grow a beard serious.
3: I'll answer this. You got you got some stuff going on there. I actually there. can grow a very nice beard, uh, but. The Bible says to love your wife as yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> my wife actually doesn't like my beard. She doesn't mind how it looks, but I like to kiss my wife uh, because Amen. I love her very much. Amen. And she does not like the, the stubble, and it, it scratches her face up. So the the biblical principle that we're going to learn from this is that the Bible says not to just wives submit to your husbands, but it actually says submit to each other and to love your wife as you Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And See, Jesus beard a, got ripped that's out. That's a real so.
1: long answer just to say because I, I like kissing my wife,
3: and that be. <laughs> but I mean, there is but like, I, <laughs> legit. There is some deeper because like in the past, like I personally hate shaving, um, and so it would be easier just to grow a beard. Yep. And uh, and I have to shave like. I really, I should probably shave every day, but I shave um, just about every other day. and uh, but in the past, I have let it go. Um, but I mean, real talk, there is a little bit deeper to this though, because she would, you know, she just doesn't like the beard. And so um, I have learned that um, I put her interest above mine yep. and it has blessed our marriage immensely and so See, we're, we're kind of the
4: opposite with me and Rachel because without my beard I look like a, a fat baby <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so. we just go somewhere in the middle so yeah, yeah, we're good I'm here somewhere and I'm, in the middle I'm completely with so, that See, so I tried good. the full
1: beard thing and it I always get that itchy phase I can't get past but she she wasn't a fan of it so we went yeah. with this yeah
3: I actually have some stubble right now I've been lazy it's a good rugged look I'll shave tonight tonight manly
1: so now you know way too much information about us.
0: Awesome. Um, so I know the Bible says no drunkards in the kingdom, but what about the verse that says a little wine for the stomach? Is it just a question of self-control?
3: We could really go into this. I'll,
4: I'll take the first little. Uh, are you bit sure? Bit.
3: Yeah, I'll take the first. All
4: right. First of all... I love the, this question. The, I love this question, too. Um, let, me, let me describe it from my point of view. Let, let's do that. Um, and how I feel, my, my convictions as a pastor and, and minister. So, um, I do think it boils down to a self-control issue. I also mm-hmm. think it boils down to whether or not you've struggled with drinking in the past. Or if you have family who's struggled with alcoholism and stuff like that. I know... This is a good example for me. Um, I don't drink because of the sheer fact that there are a lot of people that know me as a pastor and look up at me as a pastor. Um, I, don't, I, I don't have a problem with drinking, not really had a problem with it since, since uh, being a Christian. However, I know that if I was in a restaurant right now and somebody walked in, knew that I had just got off the stage preaching and saw me with a beer... I know that there is a good chance that it could just derail what they think and yep. and their their mind um and even sometimes their relationship with God like it can it can make things weird because people do put you know pastors and leaders up on a on a pedestal so um this comes back to the scripture that says it's you know it's better to not eat meat than it is to make your your brother Stumble and a lot of the times we don't get caught up and and this is kind of a deeper question that I see behind this a lot of times is um, Not that people are really worried about Whether or not it's going to be a sin if they have a drink instead It more goes down to a lot of the times they want to justify their behavior and if they can then they will so I want to I wanna challenge you to um, not just because, you know, you can have self-control and do things in moderation. I want to I wanna challenge you to not only do that, but have your own Christianity with, with your own convictions and your own, you know, God will tell you if he wants, if he thinks you're okay with having a drink every once in a while. But also think about at that point, like, where, what is your ministry doing? You know what what what's the point I have some friends that just genuinely like beer I think it tastes like garbage and gasoline I have no desire to do it so um, that that helps me but I have I do have some friends that are great Christians that do have a drink and there is not an issue they've never struggled with alcoholism they don't get drunk um, and stuff like that but you know, you got to look at your ministry. You got to look at your platform as well, too.
1: There's a lot of stuff to consider on that, too. I think the dividing line biblically is drunk. Yep. Right there. Mm-hmm. Um, will you burst into flames and go straight to hell for having a sip of whatever, or one of you know the the wine that Jesus drank in Scripture um, had alcohol in it. The wine that Jesus made in Scripture had alcohol in it. Now it was a real low percentage. Um, somewhere between two and, and three percent, I think, it was real low. So when these guys got drunk back then, they had to drink a, a lot of fermented grape juice to do that. But um, but the, the dividing line there is is drunk, and having it in moderation um, is big. Do I I don't you won't personally see me out socially <laughs> drinking for the 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 very reason that Pastor Jeremy mentioned because it can be a stumbling block to a lot of people and and this is one especially in the south where you have to take preference and conviction and make sure that it is correct in light with biblical truth Um, it might be your conviction not to touch that stuff and you know what you're probably never going to go wrong standing on that ground ever Uh, you're never going to accidentally have a little bit too much and find yourself tipsy if you never touch it and so I think the better part of wisdom is not to go near it but like my sister, um, she she has a, a, a mild heart condition, and the doctor actually prescribed her, told her mm-hmm. that it would be good for her to drink uh, around around three or four ounces of wine a day, just to help with her heart. You know, so there are some benefits to that in moderation. And some people say, "Well, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit; you can't desecrate it with alcohol." And I understand that, but the same people that'll say that and don't touch the alcohol will go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac mm. and not think twice about what that Preach. does to their body either. You know, you can't have it both ways. Preach. You might be able to have it your way at Burger King, but you can't <laughs> have it both ways in the, in the kingdom of God, you know. So um, drunk is the line right there. And if it were me personally, I'd stay way, 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 way over there. And, uh... Wisdom is probably best just not to mess with the stuff, but it's not necessarily a heaven or hell kind of issue, unless you're getting plastered. Then you got to start asking yourself, why are you using it to cope? Why are you letting alcohol do for you what Jesus should be doing? Why are you, when you get stressed, going for a Bible instead of the presence of God? Circle that, because if that's your first go-to and not Jesus, then there's probably something deeper there spiritually. That needs to be worked out.
3: Can yeah. I add something to that? Real quick? Yeah, yeah, real quick. So um, I I was gonna kind of allude to that too. I yeah. think I think uh, everything is a heart issue. God really looks at the, our heart and our motives about things, and so I know a lot of people uh, self medicate um, with with alcohol and um, with, you know, we can self-medicate with lot, lots of stuff, with yeah. pizza. If I get stressed, I like to eat. And mm, so uh, that's that's me self-medicating. And so, I mean, legit, I mean. And so the, I think well, you have to ask yourself why. Like, if you are drinking, why? Uh, we see yeah. in the bible that the in the israelites the uh, you know the old wall they they were they used to celebrate with alcohol that's why there was wine at the the jesus's first miracle was they're celebrating the a wedding and, and so they use alcohol to celebrate and they used it for medicinal purposes and mm-hmm. um Uh, The Bible says, it says this, it says, do not get drunk, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So uh, the writer there, Paul, uh, he's comparing being filled with alcohol and how it influences us and and leads us to a path of debauchery, but instead of filling ourselves with that, we need to be filled with the spirit of God, which yeah. also influences our decisions, influences how we act, yep. and and that will influence us down a different path. So, are you going to go to hell if you have a drink, or even accidentally get drunk or whatever? I mean, probably not. Repent if you if you if you get drunk, whatever. Um, but I would say find your why. why. Why why are you drinking? Are you getting drunk? Is it a, a crutch? Is it becoming a functional God in your life? Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Thank you, Pastor Brad. We can all go home now.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Next question. Why don't we see signs and wonders done regularly in the church like an ax? Should this be something we are actively seeking?
1: I'll take this question and hijack it and use it for a shameless plug for <laughs> next week. All right. Um, not that we're we're skipping it just to skip it, but this right here, we're going to deal with this next week in service, and I'll give you the key. Um, the key is the operation of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is the mindset of the believer and whether or not it's focused on the things of the Spirit or it's corrupt. Mm-hmm. We're going to dig into that next week. You want to see the miraculous in operation? We're going to talk about it next week. It's going to be a really powerful service. So what's the next one?
0: All right. Pastor Josh, Marvel or DC?
1: Man, see, my theology on this has changed recently, okay? Because if you would have asked me before last week, I would have said Marvel beats DC all day long. Marvel Comics destroys them in the movies Man, DC's just dark, and they don't really go anywhere, but Marvel's got all the awesome stuff going on. Marvel all day long, but somebody threw a curveball at me last week that I hadn't considered. They said, Marvel heroes, but DC comic villains, and I thought, oh, snap. The best of both worlds right there, man, because Marvel's kind of got like plug-and-play villains but their heroes are off the chain, you know, I man. How, how can you not like Iron Man, for real? You know? R. I. P. But still, how can you not like him? How can well, you not like him? But then uh, yeah, right. Um but then uh man if you had it's an end game by now, that's your fault. That's not my fault for saying that. It's been out for a long time. But uh man, how you not like the Joker? Are you kidding me? Dude, classic villain. So I'd say I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow somebody's idea and say Marvel heroes, DC villains, all day long. But if it was just Marvel, DC, I pick Marvel all day long. Beats them every time. So.
3: I pick neither. Boo. 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 Yeah. Awesome.
1: All right.
0: In Islam, they teach the birth of Christ and that he's a prophet. Is it possible that Islam and Christianity were the same, but diluted by man over time?
1: No. No. Short answer, no. Um, We could spend a lot of time dissecting the religion of of Islam, and uh, short answer is no. They're not the same um they were not the same in the beginning um at the end of the day they teach that jesus was a prophet but not the main guy in their religion and uh christianity completely different it says jesus is the way the truth and the life the two philosophies the two pr- the principles of the two i say islam is a religion christianity being the relationship with a true god completely different and uh in many respects so no not even not even possible the same thing just diluted over time short answer if you you want if you ask that question and you want more info come get me we'll kick back and drink some coffee and we'll talk it through but yeah that's a trying to give a real concise answer because we're getting to where we're out of time
0: do you consider that part of your 10 percent of tithing can be a blessing to someone Probably, as opposed to tithing, to bless someone with the
1: 10%. Oh, to take what you would consider to be a tithe, but bless someone with it?
0: That's my understanding.
1: Okay. If that's the question, then no. It would not be a tithe. Um, a tithe is one uh, 10% of what we take in as income that we give back to the Lord Um, That's called the tithe. Tithe means tenth. So it's a 10% give back to God, what he's blessed us with. And uh, so tithe goes to his house. Okay, that's the tithe. What that would be would be considered uh, an alms, alms where you would give um, to the benefit of someone else. You can give tithes, you can give in offerings, um, you can give sacrificially through offerings. You can give in alms. Um, so no, I wouldn't be tithed. That would be an alms to benefit somebody, but that would not be tithed. Don't don't give your don't give the Lord's tithes to a person and think that you're okay with that. God's tithes goes to tithes, God's house. That's pretty clear in Scripture. And then what you may want to do above and beyond that um, would be an an alms kind of sacrificial giving above and beyond that to bless someone else. So. That makes sense? Okay.
0: Is it true that Pastor Kelly is a better shot than Pastor Josh?
1: With what?
0: I'm sorry. Is it true that Pastor Kelly is a better shooter than Pastor Josh?
1: I don't know who's telling lies like that in church. That's just, I don't know, you're a good shot. I don't think you're a better shot. Would you say you're a better shot than me?
2: There's no way I'm a better shot. I don't
1: shoot. Yeah, I do. shoot more than you.
2: Maybe so. with words. I'm a better shot with words sometimes. Just saying.
1: Hey, I'm not even saying anything. You, you, I tell you what, as far as pictures are concerned, Pastor Kelly is a much better shot than I am when she gets with the man. She looks good on she's a, makes. She takes good pictures.
2: Yeah, it depends on what I'm shooting at.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I got He's her.
2: across the room, and he's mouthing something. I can hit him, man, every time with whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. What else we got?
0: Why do good things happen for me, but nothing good ever happens to me? Like, why do I have to be in pain physically and mentally?
1: Why are you guys so quiet all of a sudden?
3: Sin. <laughs> no. I would, uh, my, immediately thought, my immediate thought was uh, the example of Paul. Yeah. Um, we know that he had a thorn in his side. We're not positive exactly what that is. Um, we know that he did pray earnestly for God to take it away. Um, but God said, uh, Paul, my, my grace is sufficient. Um, why are we in pain? Uh, why are you in pain Um, i don't know uh, honestly but i do know that god will help you and strengthen you through that i know chronic pain has a lot of different side effects mentally it can wear you down it can bring you into a dark place Um, i know this that we are uh because of the you know the god's original plan was for us to be in a garden Work in the garden eating fruit uh, you know hanging out with animals um, and having this uh, this euphoric nirvanic type of life uh, but because of sin entered the world uh, we are uh, cursed with with sin and because of sin brought death and and so we are fallible people um, but I do know that that whatever we go through, whatever valley we go through, whatever we face, that God's strength, his grace, is, is sufficient. Yeah. Um, I would say pray. The Bible also says uh, do not stop praying. So if you do have this chronic pain and you are you really want to be healed, uh, don't give up hope.
1: Yeah.
3: We yeah. do serve a God that uh, still does miracles. Uh, and I would encourage you to be here next week um, for um, the sermon that we just plugged, um, because I do believe in signs and miracles that happen today. Yep. Um, and I believe that God is able to heal you. Um, but uh, why do good things happen uh, like for you? Like, I, I guess, you know, you're seeing blessings like happen, like maybe, I, I'm, not, I'm not real clear on the question, but... See, I've had that, that. like
1: I get that, though, because, like, I'm in, I like how you see God open, open doors for you and, and how great things are happening for you. But then why don't awesome things happen, like, with you, healing and all of that? Like, I've got a knee, my right knee. I jacked up when I was 14 years old in a four-wheeler accident. Um, it's going way too fast, and somehow, some way, my leg got caught under the back tire of the four-wheeler and went, <laughs> like that, Um, that would, that didn't feel good, jacked my knee up, and it's never been right since then, and I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed prayed for God to heal this thing, and hadn't done it yet, and there's some weeks where it hurts a little bit, and there's some weeks where it hurts a lot, and uh, I don't talk about it much, but it's just there constantly, you know, and it's weird because I pray for other people, and I see God heal them. I pray for people and I watch tumors go away. I pray for people and I watch physical healing or, you know, financial stuff happen in their lives and God move in and say, God, heal my knee. And so far, he hasn't. That doesn't mean that he's not going to. You know what I mean? Because I can keep asking for that. But even if he doesn't, and I think this might be important for you, even if he doesn't heal my knee, even if he doesn't heal the chronic pain, all right, these bodies that we have are temporary, And so I got to bank on eternity and know that when I'm ruling and reigning with Jesus, this body that's damaged and beat up because of sickness and illness that's in the world because of sin, like Pastor Brad said, um, I'm going to have a new body. And I'm not going to have to worry about the aches the pains or my knee. You know what? My, my new body, my eternal body, I might be six foot five, Joker. <laughs> I'm not, I might not be the short guy anymore, you know? So, um, but I keep that in mind. You know, uh, this is very temporary. Yeah. yeah. This is very temporary, and sometimes, uh, if if I'm not careful, I can lose sight of that because we're around it, we see it all the time. It's incredibly temporary. So chronic pain is a temporary thing. I know it's not fun. I live with it too, but I know eternally, it's not coming with me. I'm gonna be ruling and reigning with Jesus forever. My body's gonna be healed. You know, so I focus on all the stuff that God does do. And then I have to, like Paul, Paul prayed and prayed, and God finally said, hey, yo, my grace is sufficient. I have to land on that. Even though I might not get healed like I want, his grace is sufficient for my life because I'm not going to hell. I'll be able to spend eternity with him. So that helps. We got time for one more, and then we're going to have to shut it down.
0: All right. Yeah. So this question had the most likes, and it's directed towards each one of you, so each of you have to answer. If I were to donate a Nerf gun, would all the pastors be willing to shoot it at people who are talking, checking their phones, and nodding off in church?
1: <laughs> a Nerf gun to bust people? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah, basically.
3: Yeah. I would say no. I just try to preach better. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs>
2: We've kind of asked yeah, people to we, be on their phones, so shooting them if they're on their phones today would be a little bit tricky, you know? I, I mean, don't know. mean, if they're sending a question, they we just land I one just, in their
1: forehead. Would that not be fun as all get out, though, just in the middle of, listen, remember, Jesus loves you. Ka-pow! Now, that would just be so We'd awesome. find out
2: who's a better shot, you or me.
1: <laughs> yeah, we would, at least with a Nerf gun. So, I, I, I would be tempted to. I don't know. Pastor Brad's advice of uh, Pastor Brad's advice of just preaching better is is good though.
2: Look, I'm gonna share a story because I was teaching way back in the day, Life Point School of Ministry, and it may have been Jeremy. Were you in my class? I didn't do life point school. You didn't do it? Who was it? Maybe it was Pete.
3: Who was barely Somebody saved.
2: else. I won't say the other person. Anyways, they would nod off in my class. And if I had asked them something like I was much younger then, I took a highlighter, and I was like, boom, I just drilled them with it. And I was like, I told you to stop nodding off, go to my class away. <laughs> I wouldn't have just done that to anybody, okay? We were also friends on the side, so it was all good. But yeah. So I'm, I'm all for the Nerf gun.
3: As a high school teacher, I will say, I wished I could do that in school, <laughs> because that's 90% of what I see every day is people trying to sneak to play on their phones, sleeping, and are just disengaged.
1: That's what. Hey, here's a better question. If we gave everybody a Nerf gun when you came in and told you, if you see somebody nodding, blast them, would you guys, like, unload and shoot people? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about? Yeah? Wow. That's why we don't You're give valid. everybody Nerf guns when we come in for service. Hey, did y'all have fun this morning? Yeah, good deal. Hey, let's stand up real fast. Oh. I want to pray over you. We've talked about a lot of stuff this morning. Um, yeah, I know. We've, we had a lot of fun, though. Hey, heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. We've got a couple of more things we want to do this morning. But before we do, I just want to ask a question. We've heard a lot of questions from you guys this morning. I want to ask a question of you. Are you ready to stand before God.